Welcome to Halloween Today. I'm Walt Thiessen, here with Jonah June Thiessen and Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday, April the 13th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time. And wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that we're back doing the show again on Mondays like we always do. It's always a pick-me-up because weekends are good. Don't get me wrong. I like weekends, but I miss doing the show. That's the one thing that's not there on the weekends. So I'm glad when we get it back. So how are you guys doing? You doing okay there, Yuona? Everything, I, I can see you got the Northern Lights going, so it can't be too bad. <laughs> yes, everything's great down here in balmy Florida. <laughs> how, like, how balmy is it right now in balmy Florida? Well, we got, we're got we going to turn the air condition on, and I usually try not to do that because this island girl likes it to be warm. <laughs> It's a little warmer than you like. Is that exactly. the idea? Yeah. Okay. I, I can understand that. That's good. And are things that as warm as that in the UK? I kind of suspect they're not, Louis. Um, they were um yesterday, but not today. I mean, we had something like twenty degrees or twenty-two or something, which is great for this time of the year. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. Um, so we're we're really happy. But today it was significantly cooler, yet still sunny. Hmm. So you know we're still hanging out there in the hammock and. Mm. making barbecues and all the rest of it. We were having fun. It's a really rough life. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this confinement at home with the kids and playing, it's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's all about how you decide to look at it. And when you decide to look at it the way a lot of people are looking at it, it's not all that much fun. But when you look at it that way, the way you're describing, hey, that's pretty good. Life is good when mm. you look at it that way. That's the good thing. Um, I wanted to take a moment to ask for the help of our listeners, if I might, just like a 30-second little promo here. I'm doing some promotion to reach out to people who have not yet heard about LOA Today and to encourage them to become subscribers. Uh, so I've created a post that I'm promoting. It's on the LOA Today page on Facebook. So I'm asking any listener who is willing to do it to go to the page, look for the uh, the little promo. You'll, you'll see it's got eight pictures of us, myself and, and the other seven co-hosts. And uh, if you could just put a comment on there, I mean, like it, sure, that's great. Sharing it is fine, too. But what I'm really looking for are comments telling how much you love LOA today, because presumably you do. That's why you keep listening to it, uh, because I want other people who are seeing the promotion to see, yeah, people do actually like this show. It kind of gives them that little bit of an extra push to go give it a try and see what it sounds like. So if you're so inclined, I mean, I'm not obviously in any position to demand it, but uh, um, and I wouldn't do that anyway. But if you're so inclined, you know, no, we would. Put, put a little comment there. Well, we'd love to have it. You know? Just do it, guys. Just exactly. do it. Just do it. And uh, something else we're just doing today, uh, Yuona has been sending me notes each Sunday before we do a Monday show with ideas for topics. And uh, the topic that she mentioned yesterday is a book that I haven't read in a while, now that I think about it. But it, it's a good book. and It's, it's, not, a, it's, it's not a book. Wasn't there a book by that title? Oh, probably, but I was talking about the course. The, oh, okay. The oh, oh, you meant the Science of Wellness course from uh, from Yale. Okay, well, yes, there was a book I, by I that same the title, though, wasn't there? I realized I, I had the wrong name. It was Science of Wellness, and I said well-being or something. Ah, okay, because I'm pretty sure there's a book called The Science of Wellness, and so we probably got yeah, through I'm me sure, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if not, you should write it, so there we go. Okay, well, then we'll just take, you know, go back about 10 seconds and we'll redo that section right. and we'll say uh, we're going to be talking about the science of well-being, which is now that's based on the idea of the course that the Yale University professor 
yeah. released to the public last week or, or right. two weeks ago. I can't remember when it was. But uh, now, is there a particular reason why you wanted to bring up the course? Because that, that's an interesting topic, too. That's just not the one I had in mind. So tell me what you had in mind. Oh, I, I've just been enjoying it so much and, and just learning all kinds of stuff. So I wanted to, to share and discuss, you know, that's one of the disadvantages of doing uh, online courses is that you don't have a class uh, <laughs> mate to, to, to bounce ideas off and that kind of stuff, you know, so you get, you read something exciting and there's nobody to say, Hey, look what I just learned or something like that. So <laughs> I thought this would be good. And, and, you know, other people can probably um, be motivated enough to go and, and check out the course too, maybe. Okay. That sounds good. Well, certainly lots of people have been checking out. Oh, that yes. Course. Yes. I don't know what the current numbers. The last I looked, and this is about four or five days ago, was like 1.3 million people. Oh, it's up, up to two, 2 million now. It's over 2 million now? Yeah. yeah. Last week I tried to sign on and the site was down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yes. So it, it's, that, fairly popular. It, it's fairly popular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, we're also going to try to do something else. Uh, t- today's show. I, I, I think Louie probably remembers this. I'm not sure if you do, you want to, but uh, last week after the show, Louie kind of challenged us, can we do an entire show without reference to mm, 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 that yes. thing that, that's been going on? So we're going right. to try to avoid referencing that mm, mm, thing that's okay. going on. <laughs> <laughs> See if we could do it for an entire show, and which okay. we should be able to do. I mean, certainly with a head uh, yeah. start about this. An hour. Before. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. No problem. And it's a good, it's a good practice. Because there's been so much attention given to that other thing that, uh, you know, we need to kind of, we have to kind of take the lead uh, that uh, Louis giving us. You know, he, he's not worrying about what's going on. He just goes out and has fun with his kids in the backyard. You know, right. th- this yes. is like, this is the main change of mindset thing that we have yes. to make if we want to get through this in a happier place. That's right. And I'm, I'm still I'm, a bit confused if anybody else has got kids or they've killed them all because... <laughs> <laughs> It's so quiet out there. We're the only household that is having barbecues and jumping up and down and shouting, playing. <laughs> We're just wondering what everybody else is doing with their kids. Well, they, they're playing video games or watching Netflix or whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, yes. Okay. Well, that uh, that's not exactly a, a completely happy thought. I like the idea of kids being outside and running around and playing, yeah, which yeah, which we've been seeing some of around, at least where we live, which is mm-hmm. good, especially considering our weather isn't anywhere near as warm as yours or even as what Louie was reporting. But nevertheless, I was seeing families out with their kids, especially on the uh, the walking, walking biking path, okay. um, just yeah. getting out and getting exercise. And there's also uh, there, there's a little league field down the road from where we live and while obviously that's not in use right now because everything's shut down the parking lot was in use with a bunch of kids sitting on their little rider toys riding all over this parking lot so they were having a great time (laughs) (laughs) and i like that you need to have that that's that's life life has to keep going otherwise there's no there's no direction to go but down if you aren't going to be living Mm. so living is, is really important yeah. Which kind of ties into what the course was talking about, I imagine. Now, I can't say that I've really done – I've signed up for it. I did that much. I just hadn't gotten <laughs> very far beyond that. So may, maybe you can give us like a little idea of, of what the course touches on just so we can have a context. and then. Yeah, so, so this course, of course, was designed several years ago, but now it's become extremely popular. Um, we know why. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so what it is, she, she's – sharing research with uh, the students and everybody else who joins in on on what um, they've learned about wellness and, and how to 
cultivate it and how to cultivate happiness. And, you know, some of the interesting things that they've learned is that there are a lot of times what we think will make us happy doesn't necessarily um, equate. And they've done research with that where they've asked people, so what do you think some of the things will make you happiest? And, you know, they gave certain things and they said, how happy do you think you'll be once you get this? And they gave a number and then several months or years went by and they, and they, you know, them again. And sure enough, some of them had accomplished the stuff, but the, the measure of happiness they thought they would have gotten was not quite near what, you know, they got. And also vice versa, some of them who didn't get some of the things that they wanted turned out they, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't as disappointed as they thought they'd be. So, you know, th- those were some of the things. So, the, the idea is that she wants um, us to understand that there is a science to, to happiness and wellness and that it's not necessarily intuitive. You know, she mentions one of the thing about um, this GI Joe fallacy. <laughs> That's in like the first video <laughs> where they, the GI Joe fallacy is the idea that once you know what brings you happiness, there you are, <laughs> you're happy. Mm-hmm. And she's saying that's not necessarily the case. It's actually applying it. Because she said that even though she is the professor of happiness, she is more of a dopey, <laughs> she calls herself that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's well-versed on the science, but in terms of the application, she's not as good. So she's trying to find out, um, you know, what things that can actually put into practice to help, you know, um, improve your happiness or wellness um, levels. I wonder, Louie, what would have happened if she had gone at this course, not just from the perspective of positive psychology and what's officially accepted within psychology circles, but also if she had introduced some of the concepts that Abraham Hicks teaches. I have a feeling that it would be an entirely different course if she did that. Well, I can tell you exactly what would happen. Go for it. It would be very, very short. Okay. When you focus on what you want, you feel better and you're going in the right direction. When you focus on what you don't want, you're not. And that's it. <laughs> it's funny too. It's, well. so, it's so simple that you can't make a course out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Abraham makes workshops out of it that go on continuously. So I think they're doing a pretty well, good it, job. It's, 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 it's not the philosophy that's complicated. It's everybody's complications they bring to the table so they can make simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it, it was even built into uh, the part that you wanted was just uh, describing there how uh, there, she was trying to identify what people thought would make them happy and then finding that it wasn't really going to make them happy. And I could just hear Abraham saying, okay, so you just go for the next thing that you think will make you happy. Whereas she wants to study the thing and find out, well, why didn't they make them happy? <laughs> no, because her, her premise is that that there are things that will make us happy um, as individuals, but um, there are two things that that she talked about. One is the idea of our conscious uh, knowing of something and our subconscious habits Mm. that are not in alignment. Mm -hmm. And then she talked about... um, uh, self-knowledge, like one of the um, things in the course for the first week, there's this um, signature strength assessment that you take. There's like three or four that she, she recommends. And you can go on there and take these assessments and then it helps you to identify your top signature strengths. And what she says is that according to the research by Dr. Siegelman is that 
when people are allowed to practice or be engaged in in opportunities that allow them to use their signature strengths, that they're much happier. So in fact, if they have a job or some kind of volunteer activity that allows them to use their signature strengths, then they tend to be a lot happier than if they were uh, doing something that utilizes other signature strengths that that other people may value, but they don't necessarily value. And, and a lot of times, people don't know what their signature strengths are. They know what they would like it to be and what they think are admirable. Def- define signature strength. Oh, um, she there. So there's like a bunch of them. Let me see. So there is uh, bravery, creativity, fairness, gratitude, humor. I can tell you what my, when I did the assessment, my top five. But I'm still unclear what the definition of signature strength is. So it's um, certain characteristics that you value. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, you, you won't be surprised to learn what my top signature <laughs> strength is. <laughs> the love of learning. <laughs> what a shock. I don't know. I don't know if I can take this one. <laughs> Yeah, I, t- I took that and I saw that and I had to share it with Mark. I was like, look at this. This is why I love learning so much. It's my top signature strength. Um, and that has to do with mastering new skills, um, learning new bodies of knowledge and applying directed curiosity to systematically um, increasing what you know about a topic. The second one for me is love, valuing close relationships, sharing, caring, reciprocal um, type relationships with others. Third is curiosity, which is, of course, related to the first one. Interest in some kind of ongoing experience, um, finding topics and subjects fascinating, exploring, discovering. Fourth is zest, excited about life, uh, productive li- uh, life. And I can't read my own under, uh, handwriting. Oh, not approaching life half-heartedly, but with energy and gusto. And, and then um, the fifth one is leadership encouraging a group to get things done, to accomplish goal, maintaining cohesive um, organizing activities, evaluating outcome, that kind of, so those were my top fives, top five. And so what she's saying is that a lot of times people get into jobs and careers that have nothing, they're not in alignment with their signature strengths. Sure. And so they tend to be um, unfulfilled and therefore unhappy as a result. So Number four really, really sticks out for me on the list of five for you, just because that, that's huge. This idea of just going for it. You go for it all the time. Yeah, yes. since, I, since I first met you, it's always go for it, go for it, go for it. I know. So when I got this, I was like, oh, okay, this like makes so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm curiously waiting for Mark to do his, to see what his top, top strengths are. Hmm, so. Okay. So it, it isn't so much, well, I guess it is strengths in a sense. It strikes me as more like interests. Well, the reason she called it strength is because it, it, those are the things that you value over the, you know, 50 something others. And not only do you value them, you, uh, you, you're good at it. You know, you, you tend to enjoy doing it. And so Mm -hmm. you can get into the flow very easily in, in these types of activities. Whereas for other people, it might be more, uh, uh, boring or challenging or some some <laughs> excruciating for other people but she's saying that you know everybody's unique in terms of what mm. we like to do and what we may find some kind of uh aptitude towards and so knowing what those are helps in 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 our uh endeavor to raise our happiness levels mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably you say tomato, I say tomato, that kind of thing. But uh, to me, those are interests, and and I think interests are really important. Knowing what your interests are, I think I kind of agree with the premise of of her course there that a lot of people really don't have a clear idea of what their interests are, yeah. or or as you're just calling, or as she's calling them, the strengths. Right. Just they they they're it's not a common thing in society at large to do that kind of introspective look. Yes. Yeah. No. And, and so I'm, and I'm glad they're doing she's, that. Um, teaching too. This is was a course designed for undergraduates, right? Right. So, you know, people in college still trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. And what she found was that a lot of them value thought that you know making a lot of money and prestige and all these kind of stuff was what they were thought were important and what they were striving after. <laughs> but then they would get into these careers where they would not be fulfilled, and and those are probably the reasons why. It reminds me, what you're just saying there reminds me of when Louise and I went, we went off on a little, um, two, three day, actually it was a one day trip, uh, I think about it, to a, a, a spot in Massachusetts last summer, early fall, something like that. And I can't remember exactly when it was. I can't remember which one it was because we did a few of those day trip type things. But on one of them, we're in this little town. It's on the coastline. And we're in this little gift shop because she wanted to buy something. And we're talking to the young lady who's behind the counter taking the orders. And come to find out that she went to a university here in Connecticut, about an hour away from where we live. And so I was asking her, you know, just conversationally, so, you know, what are you majoring in? You know, what, what's your interest and so forth? No, she wasn't really sure. She was still figuring that out. It was her freshman year and she, she hadn't set up her heart on a major or anything like that. I said, well, um, I'll tell you something that you probably don't hear very often. I'm going to recommend that when you're exploring what to major in, go with your heart rather than what you think is going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And she just burst out laughing. She said, boy, you never hear that anymore. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that Dr. Santos, who teaches the course, she said that um, they've they've done studies and found that America is the unhappiest country in the world. (laughs) The unhappiest? Oh, okay. Yes, we score very high on the unhappy scale, apparently. And uh, in a large part of that is uh, the millennials are very unhappy because they tried to adopt the values of their parents and the previous generation, and they ended up not being fulfilled. So, Which is pretty much what every generation has learned. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> you just, uh, the previous generation's values just don't work for you. Right. And that creates the expansion. It does. It does. Yeah. It, it, it's a funny thing how, uh, I mean, you were describing it as unhappy, and certainly there is quite a bit of, of unhappiness. Um, on the other hand, to me, when you said that, I was thinking, well, that's a great opportunity for LOA today. Mm-hmm. We're going to pick up listeners like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like Louie was saying, I mean, the, the, it's the first step in the process is identifying mm-hmm. yep. what it is that you don't like. Exactly. Don't want. Now, yep. now, the real question in my mind is, have they learned what the second step in the process is? Learning yes. what it is that they like and, and, and want. Right. So, you know, of course, this was the first week. But, you know, one of the things that she talked about in the first week was finding ways to engage your signature strengths. Mm, so okay. that, that's the starting point, essentially. So mm-hmm. finding ways to, you know, engage in things that you are, are drawn to. And that is like the beginning of the journey towards happiness, as she, she puts it. So I want to do a little compare and contrast here. So, Louis, you have done, I'm not going to call it really courses because it's all very informal, but you have your group at the, at the, uh, the local 
um, exercise club that you're a member of, sauna club. And you've talked about how you have had conversations with lots of people there. You're kind of guiding them on Abraham and so forth. What's been your experience in terms of kind of a comparison to what you know, you want to was describing. I mean, I imagine that you get people who bring up this complaint or that complaint stuff that they're not happy about and so forth. And then you're trying to give them some ideas on how to understand things a little bit differently. Do you see the same kind of parallel to what they're talking about uh, in the course that Yona is taking? And if so, how do you approach it that may be a little bit different from what the quote, from what the course does? <laughs> hmm. I'm not 100% clear how the course is helping them, um, breaking them down into what they like, what they feel they're good at. Um, I would do that to a degree as well. I would get them to focus more on what they want. Um, hmm, not massively different, I don't think. Um, the thing that I understand very clearly is that I have a strong desire to to talk to those people who are interested and I tend to bump into them all the time. And because I know my point of attraction is is drawing the correct people to me, I don't even have to do any work in any of that at all. I just have to be clear about what I want, and then the universe will go and deliver the correct people. So <laughs> my my conversations are really, really good. I mean, they're phenomenal. <laughs> they are right place, right time, right tempo, right, you know, it's it's just beautiful. It's 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 a delight for me it's it's just so incredibly nice <laughs> so it's the fact that uh, it's informal and not an organized course that you sign up online that doesn't seem to have detracted from the experience at all well i think it's enhanced it by miles because it isn't ah. um i f i think that you know when you bump into that individual that really gives you that aha on the streets and or wherever you bump into them. And, you know, um, it's a really nice experience. In other words, you're, you're catching them at a moment where not only are they open to new ideas, but they are, I'm kind of inferring here. You tell me if I'm on the wrong track here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of inferring that you're not just catching them when they're ready to learn something new, but when they are ready to hear one particular message that you're the right person to deliver that message to them. Yes. Yes. Um, not necessarily um, perfect all the time, but, you know, I, I do the best I can to be as clear as I can in the best way I can. And, uh, you know, from the results, from the, oh, shake my hand. Oh, thank you so much. It's really been nice talking to you. And, you know, and I get all of that again and again and again to to the degree I'm really, you know, I feel I've hit the nail on the head. And I, I can you can always feel when, when a conversation is going well or when it's not. It's very, very easy. It, so, it doesn't take any any effort at all. So, to know, so and, to me, there's and to an interesting thing going on here. There's a very interesting thing going on here. And, and it kind of points back to what you were talking about, Johanna, a few moments ago when you said the one thing that's always missing from an online course is you can't really go interact with the other students and say, look what I just read and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering, what do you think? Uh, I mean, on the one hand, this course is reaching over 2 million people. Clearly, it's having on a numeric scale a, a gigantic impact. Right. On the other hand, it's missing that other component, which is the one that Louis was pretty much just talking about right now, that personal give and take thing. What what do you think the, the trade-off is there? Is it the is it a good trade-off? Yes, it is a good trade-off. But um, 
I, I actually just joined one of the Facebook groups started by the students. So there are a number of Facebook groups that have uh -huh. been started as far as the um, uh, that class is concerned. They all have the same name, which is kind of weird. Mm. <laughs> but I joined one and um, I don't think there's an official one because these all have a few hundred people when, you know, there are millions of people taking the class. But the, the advantage of having a course like this, just like Louis was saying, that, you know, people find him when they're either in a particular situation in their lives, right? And so now that we have this particular situation in the world mm -hmm. and people aren't able to bump into people, you know, as they should, as they can in the physical situation, they can go online and, and find these material. And, um, you know, and they are in a place where they're ready to hear something that they probably would not have been ready to at some other time in their experience, you know, so that, that's, just... that's an interesting point because it's a, it's a very valid point. The, yeah. um, the, the online, and I mean, many, many, many people are going online now um, mm -hmm. during this period yeah. to promote whatever they 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 want to share or or teach or show or whatever um and it, it i think that online has not been given the respect it actually deserves and i think it's now starting to get that respect yes absolutely it's changed it has changed significantly because there are a lot of people in just regular um schools and I you know think they, I, th I think it'll affect us for the rest of our lives yeah, of, yeah. You know, for forever forward from this point. Yep, absolutely. I think it's going to have a marked, marked effect. Yeah, it's going to be completely This would be an entirely different experience without the internet. <laughs> Can you imagine all yeah. the people confined <laughs> oh to their homes? You know, they're, they're already, you know, kind of pulling their hair out, trying to figure out what to do. Take the internet away. Right. I, you know, so in, in the old days, ring, 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 ring. Hello, yeah. you got to send right. home. <laughs> yeah. Or go back quite further. Go, go back to when a lot of homes didn't even have telephones. You know, mm -hmm. then you were pretty much stuck. It was your family and and your neighbors, perhaps, and that was about it. There was not a whole lot more. Well, you were isolated if you wanted it or not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I, I saw this cute worried. video of this man. He he was celebrating his ninetieth birthday. Day. So they had him sit out on his lawn and his entire family drove by in this caravan of cars with <laughs> balloons and plaques and all saying, happy birthday, grandpa. Mm -hmm. It was so, it was really endearing. So that's probably what we would have had to do. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I, I have been seeing a lot of that in Google News, which is shocking to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I think it was yesterday. I mean, normally, I mean, you know how it is with the news. The news is just negative, 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 negative. Yesterday, I looked at Google News. Now, I never looked at it for more than like three or four minutes. That's my maximum. So I don't want to, you know, kind of overwhelm myself, especially with all the, the that other stuff right. that we aren't talking about. <laughs> but uh, there were like three or four articles all in a row about this really great thing that happened and that really great thing that happened. And they had this virtual wedding. And then there was this people who did a, a birthday celebration. And there was this other person who had a parade for them because it was their birthday. And I mean, it's like, it was amazing. I, yeah. I hadn't seen that much positive news on Google News in a Maybe long time. Maybe this, this will be part of the change. Like we were talking about online changing yeah. education. Maybe this uh, whole experience will change how the the news is carried online and you know just what we are drawn to kind of thing so which is interesting because abraham of course talks about how uh the more that you uh really get inundated by the thing that you don't want the more that you're driven to come up with what you do want so louis it's almost as if people are learning abraham without learning abraham 
Well, the whole thing is we've all been playing with the contrast since birth, since we came into the physical universe, and we've all been learning, and it never stopped. It's just the clarity has changed. Yeah. The awareness has changed. Yeah, that that awareness is really ratcheting up. That's a good thing. I I, I didn't know when I first started the first show on, in 2020 um, that I did, uh, and kind of named 2020 in my mind as being the year of clarity. I didn't realize just how strongly true that was going to be, but you just gave one more example of it. There's a lot of clarity that people, a lot of people are coming to in ways that I'm sure they never really anticipated when the, when the year began, they probably never even thought about it. I did, but most people didn't. Yeah. Most people but I also feel 2020, of course, if you got 2020 vision, you got perfect vision. So, you know, I really think it's going to be a lot to do with the eyes and to do with, with, visualizing yeah Mm -hmm. that brings me to something (laughs) oh okay well you have a segue let's go for it yes because i even though i'm taking this course with the science of wellness i know that um you know the the those involved teaching and creating the course are not uh um practitioners of uh energy psychology or any type of universal law. So, you know, I, I actually extend my learning outside of the course as far as that is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I tie it into what I have, have been learning. And so when I was learning about the signature strengths, it, it um, led me to go back to some videos I had seen on YouTube. And this is uh, to give credit where it's due. Um, Colin Hiles, I think that's his name. He's actually, I think, from the UK. Um, and he has a series of videos and he is all about um, uh, energy and mindset. And he was reminding us that what you uh, experience, what you have, what is reflected in your life is based on your, your dominant uh, energy, your dominant vibration, which comes from your beliefs, which comes from your thoughts. And, you know, because one of the things that Laurie Santos of Yale was saying, Yale was saying is that they know what to do in you know, um, logically, as far as their um, con- conscious awareness is concerned, but as far as the habits, the subconscious awareness, that's where the, they have trouble affecting the change. But what Colin Heil is saying is that we, we uh, you know, as in law of attraction, we believe that we are living magnets of, of what we are vibrating on a, a dominant level. And that's based on our our beliefs, our attitudes, our mindset, which is based on our thoughts, right? But it's not our conscious thoughts. It's our subconscious thoughts or unconscious thoughts or the thoughts that are below our awareness because those predominate. You may have five or six conscious thoughts, but under that there are 90-something plus thoughts that we're not aware of. And those are the ones that predominate. And those are the ones that determine the, the energy with which we are vibrating and then consequently what we're attracting into our lives. And so he has a series of videos talking about, you know, the different laws of the universe, law of attraction being one of them, um, the law of cause and effect, um, the law of belief, and how, how, we, need, how we can use those um, concepts to then you know, get into that state of mind where we can actually have an impact um, not just on our conscious thoughts, but on our unconscious or subconscious thoughts so that we can change the level at which we are vibrating and therefore 
uh, attract more of the things that we are desiring into our lives. So I'm, I'm trying to draw the connection. Where was the segue? That's the part that I'm missing. Okay. All that's very interesting. I like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm just not quite drawing the connection. So, but that's all right. Well, no, yeah, because it, it led me to think about habits and how habits are formed or broken and how habits actually oh, could okay. determine our life. And, and, and that's one of the things that Louis, uh, Lori Santos, that's Dr. Santos of Yale, she mm-hmm. talks about habits and how habits are, are formed, you know, from very early in our lives and how they, they, they basically rule our lives for the rest of our lives, unless we make a conscious effort to change those. And it doesn't happen just by our thinking, right? And what I've been learning from other teachers outside of Laurie Santos and other writings like, you know, Dr. Um, Dispenza and, um, you know, Dr. Uh, Chopra and others is that when we are wanting to, uh, engage the subconscious, it's, it takes more than conscious thoughts. It takes more than our thinking, our logical thinking. We have to go below the surface, and that's not obvious. Well, okay. I got... Because, yeah, yeah no, because when I, when I first encountered the law of attraction, and I learned that, um, you know, the thoughts are are positive, I'm sorry, not positive, thoughts are powerful (laughs) and that they can have impact on your life, thoughts are energy, and I was all excited about that. But what I learned over the years is that what the law of attraction opened me up to was the idea that it's all about energy and while our thoughts are energy, they are nowhere near as powerful as our emotional energies. Okay. The brain is is not as powerful as the heart in terms of the vibrational energy that it sends out into the universe. So let's do a little compare and contrast to what Abraham tells us because their message is a little bit different, I think, from mm-hmm. that. Um, first and foremost, uh, they, they treat the ideas of consciousness and subconsciousness differently from the way um, the field of psychology treats it. Am, am I wrong about that, Louis? I mean, they basically... To kind of throw well, out the idea of subconscious as being a separate thing. Well, you know, if, everything I've heard from you, you own and now about these guys talking about subconscious, they're not saying anywhere along the line that you create your own subconscious thoughts or programs. They're not saying that. And to me, that is the first big error in their teaching because you should not start thinking that the subconscious or unconscious mind is a mind that is put on you or enforced on you it's something you've done to yourself so that's that's not what i'm saying no but what i'm saying is you've never anywhere along the way said that these teachers say that you create your subconscious programs well you it seems to be something that's inflicted on you or something that (laughs) comes from outside or something that is done to you so it's a programming and you have, you know, when in the, what the idea is that it's created very early in life from birth or even before birth up until four five, six, seven years, you know, the most, for the most part, the programming is in place and it is based on your interaction with your world. So the, the programs are created, your subconscious mind is there to, 
to keep you alive, to keep you safe. And, and it, based on your interaction, what you're seeing, hearing, what you've been taught, whatever's coming into your five senses, whatever you're picking up as a child as what is going to keep you safe and keep you alive, those become the programs that then, um, you know, govern most of your life. Not disagreeing with it, but are they agreeing? Are they stating very clearly that even as a child, you create your own reality and you allow those programs. You wouldn't even have been drawn to those parents if you weren't a vibrational match. Right. I, I, I agree with you that true. You may have had some impact in, in terms of some choosing. or all impact. Which one? Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but that's not the point that I'm making. The point is mm-hmm. you do have a subconscious that is a program that is that running. That is created is, by yourself. Right? That yes. is sending, right. That is sending out vibrations and those vibrations are what are predominating as far as what you're attracting in your life. Then when you become aware that, oh, my thoughts are things and they have energy and I can think things, but you think things and they don't manifest. That's because the real powerhouse that's driving the vibrational energy coming from your body are the programs. Those are the thoughts that are predominating. So you said another thing. You said the emotions are more powerful than the thought. Yes. Now from my simplistic understanding, your thoughts create your emotions. If you think about a certain subject, you will have an emotional reaction to it. And the emotional reaction to it will cause a mental uh, picture again. And it's a cyclic thing that goes from thought to emotion, emotion to thought. And I wouldn't say one is more powerful than the other. Um, I would say that they're probably on par um, and and both are equally, um, equally important, I would say. So two things I would say to that. One is that the the energy coming out, the electromagnetic energy measured from your brain is uh, one, I forgot what the number is, but anyways, from your heart is like 5,000 times what is coming out from your brain as far as electromagnetic energy is concerned. Fair and enough. They proved that you don't think from your, your brain in any case. So you, you think from every cell in your body. Exactly. That's so, what so, says. so that's right. So the, the thoughts that you're thinking that are conscious, you might, you're only aware of the conscious thoughts, the logical thoughts, the thoughts that make sense. But you are having thousands of subconscious thoughts that are driving your emotion that you are not aware of. So that is what is actually attracting to you into your world or your, into your experience that you're having. And the other thing, that is why even in the, in the teachings of law of attraction, they tell you when you do any of these um, various methods of, of practicing to, to, to reprogram, quote unquote, your mind, you have to engage the emotions because they know that that is where the real energy is driving the, the whole uh, process. It's, it's in the emotions. That's what emotions mean, energy in motion. So that's why sometimes you will have a thought, and the thought is probably, you know, positive, something happy, but something feels good because there are other thoughts. So you might be 
listening to me now with your senses and you're hearing me and you can see me, that's, you know, conscious thoughts. But at the same time, there's something else going on. There's a lot of other thoughts related to your beliefs and your, your, your background and your programming that are also running at the same time, that are also being fired. So let, let's talk about some of these subconscious thoughts uh, or programs that are running. Some of them are making your heart tick. Right. Some of them are making you breathe. Yeah. Some of them are doing many other things. So yes. some of them are very, very beneficial. Right. Keeping you alive. Yeah. Yeah. So generally when people are talking about subconscious programs, they generally want to get rid of. They're talking about some active thought that they thought in the past that's become active in not necessarily a conscious way because you've changed subjects, focus, age, etc. And you're looking at things differently. So you've still got some of the old thoughts that you programmed yourself with sitting in the background that you want to get rid of. Now, Abram would say, don't bother about getting rid of them. Start creating new pipes clean mm. and and you know going into those old pipes and chipping out all the old dirt is just not on so the way you get clean water in is by focus consciously on what you want and forget about the rest so well, they, they 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 tell you in in the Abram Hicks teachings is you know don't 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 look at this as as anything else than use your fo co focused conscious awareness of what you want to clean out any old program which you might not like yeah so the thing is that it's it's all about reprogramming your brain because your brain works by wiring and thinking conscious thoughts is one of the ways you can program your 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 your, your wiring um practice is the way that you can reprogram your wiring but practice um, is conscious thought is it not Right. And that's, you can, yeah, that's what athletes and musicians do. They rewire their brains by practicing. But what people like uh, Dr. Lipton is saying, those are the slowest processes. In fact, Dr. Lipton says, and he gives about seven ways you could reprogram your, your, your conscious, your subconscious. And he says that hypnosis is the quickest, most powerful way. And here's why. He said that we were programmed when we were under seven, under five, when our brains were vibrating mostly in the theta state. So we have beta, alpha, theta, delta. So in those low, very low vibrations, that's when most of the programming happened. And so to, to be able to reprogram quickly and effectively, you access those states again. So hypnosis allows you to do that most powerfully. Um, he's talked about, you know, when you're just before going to sleep or just waking up, that's another way you access those very uh, low vibrational states. Meditation is another way. So practice is one of the ways you reprogram yourself. We've all used it all our lives in school, um, you know, whatever it is that we've learned, we've practiced and it's caused rewiring. But now we know that that is actually a slower, uh, not as effective process in terms of actually accessing and, and implanting these uh, connections or neural, neural, new neural connections into our subconscious the way that we would like them to be. So can you hypnotize yourself? No, but he talks about um, uh, auto, uh, auto hypnosis and... You know, he mentions things like you could use, um, you've mentioned before, those uh, binaural beats and others. So, so that's one of the things he did talk about, that hypnosis does involve 
in general, you going to someone. So it's not always the best and most um, uh, convenient way. But he says that when you going, as you're going to sleep and as you're waking up, if you use pictures or images or stories or affirmations, those are auto, uh, auto, auto hypnosis process. They're not as effective as if you had a hypnosis, hypnotist working with you, but. So I, I have so a question here. I, I, Abram says this is just quite interesting. Well, sorry. That's right. Um, I, I, I just wanted to add something to, to this conversation with, with my question. Because my question is, how do they know that it's more effective? How do they know that these other approaches that are not specifically driven through the conscious mind are faster and more effective? Oh, they've actually measured it and studied it. So they've worked with people, especially um, people who have uh, veterans who have post-traumatic stress syndromes, um, people who have uh, really uh, traumatic phobias and other issues on a, a psychological level. And they've used, um, you know, they've used hypnosis as compared to other groups and seen which one has been more effective. I'm still trying to clarify what we're talking about here. Faster <laughs> means more effective? No. Faster means it happened in one session as opposed to some other method. You would have to probably repeat the session. And also more effective means that it lasts indefinitely. Like if okay. they go back so, a year from now, they still have the same. Okay. So, Louis, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll interject a little bit later. But that's the, the foundation I want to get in there. So, good. Okay. Go. <laughs> So now that I'm clear about what you own is talking about, Abram makes the statement that um, it's easier to get somebody to still the mind than it is to get them to focus on what they want. Now, focusing on what they want is a way of reprogramming, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and what they are saying is that when you go into a certain what's beta or alpha or whatever state, it's mm -hmm. more effective. Mm -hmm. um, and that is when you go to sleep, wake up, meditate, um, hypnosis, it gets you into that state. Yeah. Now, Abram would agree with all of that from the point of view, they would say that meditation would be far more effective mm -hmm. than um, to, to focus more if, to focus on what you want. So from, from that point of view, all these states that you're talking about are source energy and yes, they are, billion times more powerful because what you're doing is when you take away the resistance source energy raises up and and you enable it and you activate it so right. yeah i've got no, no real problem with that aspect and that's the key word i think is resistance because the cases that they're outlining according to what yona was telling us are cases of ptsd people with high degrees of traumatic experience that they're trying to overcome well, yeah, somebody like that's going to have a lot of resistance in the way. But that, that's not the only people they've worked with, Walt. They've worked with regular people. I mean, they, they talk about things like if you um, want, if you say you want a certain job, you, you're intending for this job and at this company and you want to make this amount of money, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And what, what they are able to do is to realize that even though consciously that's what you want, they are able to... Um, Deep, go into the subconscious of this person and realize that they have beliefs that are actually in conflict with that. 
they don't want to uh, lose their independence. They don't like traveling. They don't like people, what, whatever. So those are the programs that are running in the back of, that are running below their level of awareness that are sending out vibrations that are in conflict with the things they want. And so they're saying I, that if I would you, still say that's resistance though, isn't it? I mean, yes, yes, absolutely. But I'm saying it's not always a big thing like a phobia necessarily. But, well, I think the point though, is that if it's a strong level of resistance, whatever it's caused by, whether it's caused by something severe like PTSD or something less severe, like you know, normal everyday stresses that people deal with, it's still resistance and yes. it's still yes, very highly resistant. That's why we yes. call it resistance. So yes. a strong and a lot of times though, we, the point is we are not aware that there is resistance. Well, a lot of times we're not. Sometimes we, we are learning it. That's one of the reasons sure. why um, we go through things like meditating, like right. doing affirmations, yes. like doing the conscious processes so that yes. we can bring them up to the surface. We can bubble yes. them up to the but surface. But understanding the law of attraction, do you want to bring what you don't want up to the surface? Well, sometimes very you temporarily, do. Temporarily, very, very, very temporarily for less than 14 seconds of focus on it. Yes. Otherwise, you amplify it. Well, I think that's the point, though. We do want to bring it up because we've also learned that when we bring it up, it makes it easier for us to let it go. Exactly. And that's the whole point. Yeah. You're right. I agree with you. We don't want to hang on to it. Hanging right. on to it is probably about the last thing we want to do. that thing as fast as you can. But yeah. it's being aware of what it is that we want to let go. So we can do, you know, a general um, affirmation and say, I let go of all resistance. Or or we could say, you can, you can actually uncover what that specific thing is that specific i'm scared of belief. spiders i want to be happy with them now right and that doesn't work for a lot of people so that's why mm -hmm. they go back to the wiring the programming that is in place that is causing them to be afraid of spiders and removing that programming or rewiring that programming so that they're no longer afraid of spiders that's the whole idea how can you do that without poking around in all the things you don't want with, and amplifying it I, I i don't see how you can do it well, to I, me, that's, fine. that's a funny thing for you to say, actually. And the reason I say it's a funny thing for you to, you to say is that you're the one who very often speaks about how, how great it is to dig around the contrast, how wonderful exactly. the contrast is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the contrast is not always something to be avoided, you know. I mean, we don't want to spend time there, but uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it's useful to, to uncover that because then we can remove those blocks and be free to manifest what we do want. Yeah. So, you know, I've got no problem with the contrasty aspect or the first step, and it's just the time frame. It just seems that when people are poking around and it generally lasts, takes too long to do it, I don't think. It's, not, you know, it's very difficult for that whole spider thing to come up or the reason why you're scared <laughs> of them without poking around for quite a while. I don't know. No, so, so like me. I was mentioning, you know, those are phobias, right? And those are very specific, um, uh, you know, issues that people have. But we... As well, not necessarily. You don't really know because you're still really digging into the reason why. No, what I'm saying is when we are trying to manifest in our lives, it's usually beyond I want to be free of my fear of spiders. Now, that can be the case for some people. I'm not disputing that, you know. I probably want to manifest to be free of my fear of snakes. But those are not necessarily the things I'm working on. I want to manifest world domination. Uh -huh. <laughs> Well, you've heard her here first, folks. She's me. <laughs> so I want to know what are the blocks? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying is that there are other things we want to manifest. Health, wealth, um, you know, relationship, whatever it is that we want to manifest. And so 
the the idea of reprogramming on our minds to be able to do that to be able to be at that vibrational state that attracts these things to us it sometimes requires us um uh accessing our subconscious for one removing the blocks and two placing these desires these positive these wants into our subconscious so it goes beyond just us thinking that we want to do that but actually having thousands of thoughts and ideas and beliefs and mindsets and attitude and physiology that is related to that and so we are in a much better place as far as attracting those things to ourselves are concerned okay I don't think we're actually saying a whole lot different here. I think what's interesting is we have different perspectives that we're coming into the same topic with. And that's yeah, kind of, yeah. that's kind of fun. That, that's one of the reasons why I like the idea of doing the compare and contrast because psychology, positive psychology in particular comes at it in one direction. Mm -hmm. Abraham comes in into it from a different direction. Some of the other teachers that are out there, well, they all come up from their own perspectives too. Yeah. And on the one hand, people can get confused about it by hearing the different perspectives. But on the other hand, this is what, it works out for, from my perspective, it becomes really educational to understand, well, this person's thinking about this way and that person's thinking about that way. And gee, I wonder what I can learn out of that. Yes, that, That's yes. where I do my best learning. So. Yes, that's me too. Me too. I tell you, because just doing the show with you guys have caused me to expand my understanding and my, my desire to like really get my sink my teeth into this whole thing you know so it's been great and then taking the course and relating that to you know dr chopra's writing or dr dispenza's writing or some other you know reading that i'm doing it's it's been really fun it, it is an interesting question though that, that we're kind of raising here the question of um on the one hand louis has been kind of our uh person elucidating the ideas of abraham basically saying the most simple approach is the abraham approach the approach of of, of following their five-step process and of you know, breaking it down really simply to what is interesting to you, what what's uh, what do you like, what is it that you want, what is it that you desire, um, just just keeping it that simple. And on the other hand, you have the positive psychology approach, basically saying, well, the most simple direct way to get there is to go through the, the subconscious mind, bypass the conscious mind entirely, start mm -hmm. messing around with uh, hypnosis and so forth, and. I'm thinking to myself, well, they're two very different approaches, very, very different approaches. Well, and yet, and yet they very much cover the same thing. And that's what's so interesting about it. Because, because the psych, the positive psychologists, they say, like, you know, Louis always talks about, um, uh, he always mentioned uh, practice or is it practice? I think that's what he said. So he said his teacher told him that he was practice, 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 practice. <laughs> and as far as uh, they're concerned, that's, one of the way it's the most popular way but it's not necessarily the most effective way of reprogramming your subconscious which and, and we now understand is is very true um and finding your own way to access or to remove resistance to slow thought to let your bank of everything you want come into manifestation then stilling the mind, quietening it, having out-of-body experiences, um, focusing before you go to sleep to be on a high vibrational place so that when you wake up in the morning, you're on that high vibrational place. Um, and you can use that to program yourself as well with clearer intent, um, etc. Yes, um, got no real problem with any of it, but it's the 
the clarity with which people understand how it all works. Yeah, yeah. Which to me is very, very important. Yes, it is. Yeah, because like I said, you know, it's been... How long have I been studying, quote unquote, law of attraction? <laughs> and still it's like, oh, yeah, there's like, yeah. So, you know, anyways, this kind of helped distill it for me, at least. Okay. Because they talked about, um, you know, the, the hypnosis, vision boards, gratitude journals, affirmation, active meditation, EFT. All of these are things that other people use as a way of changing the, the subconscious program. And and I come back also to what we talked about earlier, the role of resistance in the whole mm-hmm. process. Yes, yes. Um, clearly on the positive psychology side, a lot of what they were talking about was various relatively high levels of resistance that um, they found were easier to get around if you went through the subconscious mind than through the conscious mind. Um, right. But also Abraham comes at the same thing. They, they come at it slightly differently, but they come at the same idea of resistance by simply saying you let go of it, which is what the positive psychology people would say, well, they can't let go of it. They've been trying so hard. They can't get let, let go of it mostly because they don't even know that it's there. Right. And they're both valid vo- viewpoints. I think what happens though is the positive psychology is really helpful in the early stages of development. The Abraham teaching actually, I think becomes stronger in the later stages of development. And I say that because as we develop, we learn how to encounter our own resistances. We learn how to identify them and bring them up and let them go and that kind of thing. And there are a lot of different ways that we do that. But ultimately, we become better resistance letter goers. Is that a verb? Yes. I don't know if that's a valid word or not, but I'm going to make <laughs> it up as one right now and say yeah. that's what we, we get better and better just letting go of this stuff. That's true. And I think, well, that's important to, to share with the listeners. At least I found this very um, comforting because, you know, when you are a practitioner, and you think you're doing what you learned and things aren't working out, just you're like, you're frustrated. Like, why? I'm, I'm having positive thoughts here and, you know, I'm sending out positive vibrations. But, you know, so that's, that's been my experience, you know, in the beginning is like I was doing what I thought they said I should be doing. <laughs> but still, I was not getting all, all the results that I wanted. So now I have a better understanding that, of why. That, that has been very clearly explained in the universe does not hear what you say mm-hmm. yep, here's what you mean well i would I when, say here's what you feel what's the difference between meaning and feeling oh the meaning is you know meaning is still logic still conscious still at the level of the conscious awareness you can understand what a sentence means mm-hmm. it's, if it's in english and you speak english you can understand the meaning quite clearly but whether you have accepted the, the tenets of that teaching such that it has changed or uh, affected your belief, your level of belief, your, your, your predominant thoughts about this particular thing is now changed. That's one of the things that uh, Santos was saying. You can know something, but whether it has affected you at a level of the subconscious is completely different. And that's the distinction she tries to make so clearly. Mm. So when you know something and when you feel something are two very distinct things. Okay. Well, that seems like a good stopping point considering we've done an hour here. I don't know if you realize that we flew through that hour, but uh, mm. well, well done guys. I must say. <laughs> I do want to make sure that I remind people who are not yet subscribers to become a subscriber because this is the kind of conversation you get every single day. And it's always a different topic. It's the same general topic, law of attraction, 
But since the law of attraction applies to every aspect of our lives, it's going to be a different topic every day. So join us on the show. Become a, a subscriber if you're not already subscribed to the podcast. If you don't know how to do it, we've made a very simple way for you to do it. Just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. At the top of the page, you'll find instructions on exactly how to do it with your particular device. And also check us out on YouTube because when we record these episodes, we live stream them to YouTube and uh, encourage people who are listening to the live stream to be a part of it. Actually, Josephine included a couple of comments early on that I was looking for a way to get him into the conversation and I couldn't do it. So, Josephine, I apologize. I couldn't get your comments in. But I'll, I'll share them now just because they're really good. First of all, we were talking about... Um, way, way back at the beginning about people choosing between going for their passion and going for the paycheck. And mm-hmm. uh, she, she quoted Gabriella Bernstein saying, make passion your paycheck. I thought that was an mm. interesting quote. And she also said, we are conditioned into believing that we have to accomplish something big or else we're not worthy. But mm. the truth mm-hmm. is that the small steps are really what pay off in the long run. And I thought that was a really good point too, mm-hmm. because really that's how we become deliberate creators. We do yes. it one small step at a time. We try to do it in one great big leap we usually are disappointed, but if I'm willing to make a little improvement here and choose that little better thing there and just do these little micro step, micro shifting things like Dan Mandino likes to call it. But they say the biggest financial secret is compound interest. Compound interest. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. One little bit at a time. Put a little bit of, a little bit away every month and amazing what you get at the end. And that's basically what we do as we become deliberate creators. We, we learn how to, be a little bit better at this choose a little bit more in terms of what we like and prefer rather than what we don't like and don't prefer spend more time focused on what it is that feels good and less time on what doesn't feel good and in the process we actually compound the interests that's pretty cool (laughs) so all right well good conversation today guys thank you very much we actually got through without mentioning that word so i appreciate that so much (laughs) and i look forward to talking to you guys again next week thank you also to our live stream audience uh, particularly josephine sorry i couldn't get to the comments earlier but i i will try to get them in next time thank you especially to our podcast listeners as well we'll see you all next time here on loa today goodbye everybody